0: My friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you all are having an absolutely wonderful day, as always. And over last night and today, and I've, I've seen this a couple times this week, people have been sending me emails asking me about the ingredients that are in the Moderna injection. Now, we talked about a lot of this in detail last year, but apparently some alternative media sites have basically put some stuff out there, put some articles out there discussing some ingredients in it that people are now finally starting to realize what's in your vaccine. Now, I wish people would have been more amped to read about this four or five months ago, like we encourage people to, but nonetheless, it's starting to come about. And I wanted to address it very briefly, very quickly. I did notes on this and research on this a couple months ago, and so I kind of wanted to bring it back up again to kind of just let you know the sinister aspect of what is in this. And the main one that a lot of people have been questioning about is the Moderna injection. Now, this is not – I'm not going to even give you much of my opinion on this. I'm just going to give you facts, pharmaceuticals, and what they're actually doing with this shot. And so one of the first things people have been asking me again about the topic of SM-102. Now, again, this is something we brought up last year, but I'm going to address it again. In the Moderna vaccine, you have the messenger ribonucleic acid, which is the mRNA we have discussed. Then it's a comma. Then it says lipids. Then in brackets, the first ingredient is SM-102, and then polyethylene glycol, and then the list goes down the line. Now – SM-102 is something that has been getting more publicity now in the last couple days because people have actually been researching it. Now, just starting off, to put it in basic terms, you can look this up on Wikipedia, which has it cited with multiple references, SM-102. What is it? SM-102 is an ionable amino lipid that has been used in combination with other lipids in the formation of lipid nanoparticles. It is a fat-based nanoparticle. Administration of luciferous RNA in SM-102 containing lipid nanoparticles induces luciferous expression in mice. Formulations containing SM-102 have been used in the development of lipid nanoparticles for delivery of RNA-based vaccines. Now, I know that wasn't very basic, but let me break it down for you. When you hear the term luciferase, now, obviously, the beginning of it is it's Lucifer. That's that's the term Lucifer, as in light. Now, if you look up luciferase and what that means, it is a genetic term for the class of oxidative enzymes that produce bioluminescence and are, extinct, are usually distinguished in photo proteins. They were invented with the word Lucifer and Luciferis for the strubstrate and inside. Both words were derived from the Latin word lucifer, meaning light bearer. This is all, you can this is all documented on Wikipedia. I got all the links going on the website. Luciferius is widely used in biotechnology and reporter genes as an application for fluorescent proteins. However, unlike fluorescent pl- proteins, Luciferis does not Require an external light source. So I'm going to go back to the original definition of the SM 102, the main ingredient that is in Moderna. It induces luciferase expression in mice, meaning it basically can make them glow whenever you actually look at it under certain lights. It produces light inside their body. It doesn't need light to do so. You think of something like, um, say, Trijicon glow sites on a, on a Glock, you know, so forth. You leave them under light, they glow really strong, right? A lot of times they haven't seen light in a while, they're not as strong as they are. This doesn't have to have any external light to glow, ever. So this actually is basically able to be seen. This is where the concept came in, and they were discussing – being able to use a certain light frequency to test to see if you've had your shot. This is one of the reasons why you've seen a lot of these videos where individuals are putting magnets up to their injection site where they got the shot on the left side of their arm or the right side of their arm and the magnet sticks to the injection site. They put the magnet on the other shoulder where there was no injection, it falls right off. They're nanoparticles that are being injected into your body. This, I mean, th- this isn't being hidden. This isn't me giving you my opinion. This is facts that I'm reading right from references of what's in this compound. Now, it's also interesting about it. SM-102 can only be transferred and stored in a solution of chloroform. It has to be kept 100 milligrams per milliliter of chloroform and kept at negative 20 degrees Celsius, basically, with dry ice. Then what they do is they extract the SM-102 out of it and use it in these shots. Now, this is one of the reasons why Pfizer and Moderna have to keep their, basically, vaccines so cold on storage. Pfizer uses a completely different one. I'll get in here to in a minute. But the safety data from Kama Chemicals, the company that actually produces SM-102, it is listed under hazardous identifications as Flammable liquid, highly flammable liquid and vapor. skull and crossbones, acute toxicity, fatal in contact with skin, carcinogenic health hazards, suspected of causing cancer, suspected of damaging fertility or unborn children, cause damage to the central nervous system, kidneys, liver, respiratory system, over-prolonged or repeated exposure, aquatic chronic toxicity, very toxic to aquatic life with long-lasting effects. That's SM-102. Now, the amount that they're putting in these shots is very, very, very small. But as Dad has talked about before, if you take a big old box of rat poison and you put a glass of water beside it, and I take a little, little scoop, little scoop of rat poison, just a tiny one, and I drop it in the water, and I go, dude, listen, this is okay to drink because it's only a small amount of rat poison in the water, and I slide you the glass across the table, and you look at it. I go, dude, totally fine, just a glass of water, little bit of rat poison, tiny amount. The question is, are you going to drink it? question. Now, the thing about this is with SM-102, if you look at the LD50 value of it, which is the lethal lethal dose within the 50% of the controlled group, meaning how much does it take to kill 50% of the group? Is essentially what LD50 means. And if you look at it, when they discuss it with mice, it's 40 milligrams per kilogram, which is quite a bit for a human, meaning it's about 3,000 to 3,600 milligrams per per a grown man to be a lethal dose essentially. So the amount that they're putting in these shots is more than likely much less than that. However, I'm going to bring this up again. What it does with the luciferous enzyme, what it does with the nanoparticles, and what it does on the hazardous identification sheet shows you firsthand what, in my opinion and a lot of other doctors' opinions, what is the main reason why so many people are dropping dead, having tachycardia, going into heart attacks, having blood clots all over the country right now. This is happening repeatedly, almost Within a few days to a few hours to a few weeks after getting some of these injections. So I wanted to clarify that a lot of people are asking me about this, this SM 102. That's it in a nutshell. I'm going to put the articles and the research articles from Cayman Chemical from Wikipedia, everything. On our website with our show links, these are direct links to them. You can look at them, make your own decision, and figure out if this is something that you want to engage in. But I want to address that this morning real quick, Doug, because I've had
1: a lot of questions about it overnight. You know, Austin, we've talked about this, You know, not in the detail that you've done. That was, by the way, an excellent report. Uh, But we've talked about how bad this product is. And we we joked about it last year as far as not in a funny way, but in an ironic way, and that it had to be kept at like, you know, 80 degrees below zero. What was so reactive in it that you had to basically freeze it to that point so it wouldn't continue to react inside of the vial until you basically thaw it out and inject it into human. And the sad part about all of this is is I continue to talk to people who've gotten the vaccine. Uh, last night, we were at the city planning, planning commission meeting here in Auburndale and right in the middle of the doggone meeting. Now, I don't know if it was COVID related or not. I don't know. But, you know, I, I remember I was heard of the man talking about getting his vaccine a month ago. This guy is in the middle of the meeting and has like a giant seizure, heart attack, stroke. Don't know what happened. He coded straight, died right in the middle of the meeting. They paddled him, brought him back, and then he was screaming and screaming as they brought him down the stairs. And you ask yourself a question, is this vaccine related? I mean, we're to the point now of thinking, is everything vaccine related? There are so many people having all of these horrible, horrible side effects and you know, strokes and blood clots and heart attacks all over the world now because of these injections. So you ask yourself a simple question every time you see this. I wonder if he was vaccinated. I wonder if she was vaccinated. Now It could have been completely unrelated to a vaccine. He may not even have the vaccine. I don't know. But the point is, we've got to ask ourselves the difficult questions. You know, what's it doing to us and is that okay? I was speaking to another man last night, very well-known man in the neighborhood, very nice guy. I've known him for, gosh, 50 years. And we were talking last night and he told me that his father had gotten the vaccine. And because his dad had gotten the vaccine, he decided to go ahead and get the vaccine. So I looked at him and kind of laughed, and I said, you know, that roof there is about 40 feet tall. If your dad jumps off the roof and he survives, are you going to jump behind him? And, you know, So if you survive, he goes, well, no. I said, well, kind of get the point, don't you? He goes, well, yeah. This is where we have found ourselves in the United States now. We have been overtaken by a Kabbalist group of people that are basically using us as guinea pigs for this giant mass experiment to see how many of us are going to live after they inject us with an (laughs) RNA-changing device. (laughs) You can't call it a vaccine, guys. It's an information code device is what it is. And they're seeing how many of us will survive and how many of us are going to die and how many of us are going to continue to reproduce and on and on and on and on. And you know you have to look at the VAERS data to see the real numbers that we've had more vaccine deaths in the last four or five months than we have in the past 20 years here in the United States according to their own research and to, according to what the CDC posts. But when you start talking to people about this, they simply don't know because the mainstream media won't discuss it. They simply don't because they don't want you to know because the same cabalists who control the mainstream media are the same cabalists that are injecting you with this You know, DNA, RNA, changing the vice. And you have to ask yourself a question. Has this happened before? Is this what they did back in Genesis chapter 6? With the advanced technology of the fallen angels coming down and breeding with the women on this planet, creating Nephilim and all types of hybrid offspring. Are we? Well, yeah, that's the answer, isn't it? We're in the middle of that again because Jesus was so careful what he said. As it was in the days of Noah so shall it be with the return of the Son of Man. So, guys, you've got to really, really stay frosty right now. You've got to really think about what's going on, and you've got to look at the loss of your rights and the legality of what we're getting into now. Last night at this meeting, it was so interesting to me in Austin because you know we came in there to testify about not wanting this mini warehouse storage facility in our neighborhood. We started telling, talking to the city commission. We started talking to the audience. I mean, we, we basically spoke at this meeting last night along with a lot of other people. But after the guy pretty much stroked and died and got paddled and brought back and we broke, we had a meeting that was broken for like 30, 40 minutes. And we all came back. This thing went until after 11 o'clock. And a lot of people that were there who were going to testify against this mini warehouse place, they left because after the guy, after the guy basically was paddled and brought back and he was screaming as he was brought down through the building, a lot of people couldn't take it. They just left. And then we thought for sure that they would go ahead and call a recess and come back at a later date out of respect for this guy who was really on the planning commission, the head guy on the planning commission, and everybody knew him. Oh, no, they didn't do that. And we found out why. During the meeting, they brought out the heavy hitters. They brought out the – some. one guy came in who was an engineer. He did like a 50-page PowerPoint presentation to promote the agenda of having these mini warehouses in our neighborhood. I mean, I got to give the guy credit, guys. He did an excellent job. He really did. And then they had the attorney come back and he did a big PowerPoint presentation again. This literally went on for an hour. I felt like I was stuck in a doggone, you know, session in Congress with a filibuster. They wouldn't stop. And more and more people get, getting up and get leaving, getting up and leaving. Finally, we give our testimony, right? But we don't want this in our neighborhood. It didn't make one bit of difference. The attorney from the city comes up and says, Remember, we can't be basing our decision on emotion. The last planning session committee we had a four to one vote against these mini warehouses, and in order to defeat this we have to be more than forty one. He's telling them how to vote. He's telling them what the numbers have to be. And then he says we can't base anything on emotion but on the facts given tonight by expert witnesses. And I looked at Austin and I said, This deck is stacked. These guys have already pre-planned, pre-worked, and then the attorney says he'd been talking to the other attorney via email. He disclosed it. I give him credit for that. And I thought to myself, wow, 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 wow. And, of course, we lost our fight against the many warehouses. They voted unanimously to put them in our neighborhood. And you think, wow, Ted, that's awful. Well, yeah, but you know what it did, though? It taught me about the depth of the machinations that are involved, even in local politics, and how you have to follow the money. See, when you're willing to put – 20, 30, 40 thirty, forty—I don't know—fifty thousand dollars into pre-planning and PowerPoint presentations and paying people four or five hundred dollars an hour. I am speculating on all of this. You are willing to put your money where your mouth is, and you get these attorneys and you get them all lawyered up. I remember I was watching that movie one time, Jurassic Park, the very first one, and the attorney was in there talking, and someone he says, "Well, once you get these blood-sucking attorneys involved, you—you <laughs> you, you got a problem." And see, and I'm not saying the guys last night were bloodsuckers. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that once people lawyer up and they go to that extent to get something done, uh, it's pretty difficult to beat it unless you really come back in with your own expert testimony. See, I have no idea that we had to have expert testimony with a PowerPoint presentation. Why? Because when you speak at these meetings, they give you three minutes. Three (laughs) minutes. That's it. So if you come in with a 20-point PowerPoint presentation – or you bring an expert witness in to testify, they won't even give them more than three minutes. So the whole thing is completely and totally just staged. It's staged in most cases. So you kind of look back on it. You go, wow, that was really interesting. But it lets you know just how absolute this government, how should I say, is not being run by the people for the people for the neighborhoods. In fact, we brought up about it. We didn't want it. <laughs> That wasn't even discussed when they had a we, – we, they, they did their PowerPoint presentation. The people got up and talked about how nobody wanted this thing. I think one person said yes that was involved with it. And then they came back in, and they started talking again, and they basically convinced themselves with the attorneys and the attorneys talking to the attorneys and to the commissioners about why they needed to pass this. And that went on for another 30 minutes. It was very, very interesting to watch it from a local level and to realize – that unless we change some of these rules at a local level, unless we actually don't allow them to come in and do what they did, it's futile. I mean, it's completely futile effort to go in and try to change this. And I thought that was interesting last time. But I, I want to give you guys a heads up on what we did last night. But here's the thing. We were there until 11 o'clock, me and Sharon and Austin. We hung in there until the end. Finally, when they were about to vote, I wasn't going to give them – should I say this, the satisfaction, which I don't think they really cared, about me watching them vote against everything that we had stood for. So I got up and walked out. I told Sharon and Austin, I said, this thing's been decided before we got here. I'm done. And I just got up and walked out. (laughs) I just got up and walked out. And then right after that, Austin, Austin stayed to watch the vote. And then we walked out to the cars, and he was coming out, and he goes, wow. And see, that's the level that we have just on a local government. Can you imagine what it must be like as far as what's going on with the machinations, behind-the-scenes activities in the federal government right now with these international banks in control of all these institutions and organizations and media giants, it's an interesting experience. Now, you say, well, do you wish you hadn't done it? Do you wish you hadn't got involved? Absolutely not. I'm glad I got involved. I'm glad I got to see it. I'm glad I got to talk about it on the show today. And quite frankly, one of the top guys who was trying to do it, I texted him last night. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for 50 years. I said, wow, you guys were really prepared. Your attorneys did a great job. I just didn't, didn't see it coming that way. And see, this is the attitude you've got to take. Because remember, guys, it doesn't matter what happened last night, does it? Does it matter? Why? For this is the day the Lord hath made. And I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. For we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But I've learned a lot last night about preparation expert testimony, and all of the different things that we see now from, how should I say, a legislative basis just on the local levels and how we have to go in there and help create systemic change from the bottom up. Very, very, very important. We talked about that with the school board here in Polk County. So we've got a lot of work to do, a lot. And so, no, I wasn't discouraged last night. I was energized that God put me in a position in a place that I could see what was going on last night so I could realize what needs to be done from the grassroots level. Austin, what do you think, bud?
0: Oh, you're absolutely right. And, and one thing that I haven't even discussed with you out on it because I was researching a bunch of it last night, this is not the first time something like this has happened in this country or state or city or anywhere. Um, they now have themselves set up for a lawsuit if we want to produce one. Elkhorn – Residents of Nebraska had this exact same situation happen, where they basically had a big, giant storage business come in, and they did not want it. The residents did not want it, and they passed it. The actual planning department passed it, and then the city commission passed it, and then they basically sued them, and they've been in lawsuits for years now, and it's been tied up in litigation. Now, here's the million-dollar question. That we'll be looking at, and I'm going to be talking to Harrison about this, and we'll keep you guys continually posted. The Planning Commission voted four to one against it in the first meeting, or the one of the meetings that we were at prior, when we were there. They said, no, nope, the residents don't want this, we're not voting for this, we vote against this, we do not think this is something that's applicable in the area. Well, then the City Commission last night, as Dad just explained to you, voted In favor of it, and they had to vote more than four to one in order for that to happen. So now what you have is an open, basically an open case to the planning commission voted no, the city commission voted yes, and the public does not want it. So now they have themselves opened up for a lawsuit that can now hold up this entire project for years and years and years and years until finally somebody wants to say, okay, we're basically going to capitulate on something or we're going to do something that the citizens want. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go that area. I'm saying that's what's opened up now on the books for them. So we'll continue to keep everybody apprised of What's really going on? Also, too, in other news, this is something that I found very interesting. This is something that I have not heard anybody talk about in this country yet, is are people that are being shot up with this experimental injection, are they allowed to give blood? Hmm, I haven't heard that. And from what I've researched, uh, all the you know companies that do blood donations – They haven't put any restrictions out. Ironically enough, though, last month, with pretty much zero fanfare, the Japan Red Cross came out and said those who have received vaccinations within a certain period of time are not to be allowed to donate blood after the vaccination. And they also go on to talk about multiple other ones as well. So it's interesting about this, this is a topic that I haven't really thought about, Are people that are getting vaccinated, or should I say injected with this gene editing shot, going out now and giving blood right afterwards, and does that mean this (laughs) luciferous enzyme, this RNA spike protein, is this now – going to start circulating through the blood drives when these blood draws start coming in and people start basically donating blood. Just thought I would throw that out there. So be very cautious of that right now with what's going on. Also, too, in other news, just another heads up on it, Sweden has now recorded more than 30,000 cases of significant side effects tied to the AstraZeneca injection. Sweden's Medical Products Agency reported that as of last week, the Scandinavian nation tallied 31,844 reports of serious adverse linked to the shot rollout. Sweden presently offers three different COVID shots, Moderna, Pfizer and AstraZeneca, with the latter most widely available. And now it's interesting about this in March Sweden was one of several nations to temporarily suspend the use of the AstraZeneca following reports of the abnormal blood clotting. But, of course, the European Medics Agency has now said they've insisted the shot is totally safe, even though they've come under a huge amount of scrutiny. And at the same time now, you have a nurse, 18-year-old trainee nurse, 18 years old, gets the AstraZeneca shot in Brisbane, Portugal is hospitalized with three severe blood clots in her lungs, has horrific symptoms, cannot breathe. The doctor sends her home. She goes back to the hospital with basically horrific breathing problems, goes back home, goes back to the hospital, and now basically is not doing well at all. And they're saying here the Therapeutic Therapeutic Goods Administration is is investigating as why they think she had the random blood clots. Well, I can tell you right now. There's no oddity to this. This is not abnormal. When you start injecting these level of compounds, and I just told you guys or I explained to you just in one of the shots, the SM-102, what that stuff is and what it's designated as far as hazardous. It doesn't take a whole lot of this stuff to make certain people sick, especially depending on their makeup and their body. Because remember… Genetics, certain people are stronger than other people. It's just a fact. You can sit there and argue with me on it and say, I can't say that, but it's just a fact. That's why you have some people that are naturally 6'8", 280 pounds, and you have other people that are 5'2", 100 pounds. It's your genetic makeup. It what makes you you. And so certain people, I think, are more susceptible and less susceptible to the significant toxic exposure. And that is why we're seeing such a broad range of certain people having horrible, horrible side effects and other people not having so horrible side effects. Also, too, and one other news I want to bring up. I'm going to give this back to that. I want to bring this up. Fidelity now is now trying to draw in a long, a younger crowd for the next generation Of day traders and investors they have now come out and they said they are launching new credit and debit cards along with investing and savings accounts to teenagers aged 13 to 17 fidelity will not be charging any account fees or commissions for online trading now here's what's interesting about this a a 13-year-old does not need to have a trading account to be investing in cryptocurrency and other stocks. That's idiotic. They're still trying to figure out what Xbox game they want to play and if girls have cooties. I'm just being honest with you, there's no reason for a 13year-old to be day trading. <laughs> Secondly, this, in my opinion, this is my opinion. this is being done to try to draw in as many of the younger kids as they can to get them wrapped up. In this stock market debacle to continue to keep the market going up more and more and more and more and more. Because remember, a lot of these kids are going to build margin accounts if they allow them to do it. Meaning they're going to be able to leverage out money they have in the stock market. Meaning if they short the market too aggressively and they have a margin account, they're going to be on the hold for way more money than they have in their account. Now, I don't know, if, I don't know if Fidelity is going to allow them to do this have margin accounts, but It seems very odd to me that we're seeing the stock market and the Dow and all these numbers going to these astronomical levels right now. And we're now bringing in – we're trying to bring in 13- to 17-year-olds to start day trading and investing on the market. It sounds to me like they're trying to get as many kids as they can into this digital world because you've got to remember – like seventy to eighty percent of the stock market is controlled by a super minute part of the population where they said that before when they were dealing with bitcoin that 's why bitcoin somebody you know Elon Musk can send out a mean tweet and bitcoin goes from fifty eight fifty nine thousand down to forty two thousand it's unbelievably volatile market right now. Now, can you make money in it? Absolutely. You want to play around, make some cash, gamble on it, roulette. But I'm not telling you what to do. You do what you want. There's just money to be made in it. There's also a lot of money to be lost in it. So it seems very odd to me with all these things going in right now with the economy, with the markets, with the hyper well, not hyperinflation, but inflationary aspects we're seeing. We're now drawing in 13 to 17 year olds through Fidelity to start day trading. Very
1: mm-hmm. odd to me, Dad. What do you think? You know, Austin, I I learned something a long, long time ago when it comes to financial investments, when you're using brokers or basically investment people. You've got about 5% of the investment people are really good and they really care about their clients and they really care about maintaining your capital and maintaining your, how should I say this, your principal that you put in that you've earned after income taxes. I mean, look at it this way, let's say you make a thousand dollars and you're in the thirty eight percent tax bracket plus social security and all the other stuff, you're only gonna get to keep, you know, forty dollars or four hundred dollars out of that thousand. And when you invest that four hundred dollars, you're investing a thousand dollars in pre tax income, right? And if you start losing that principle that you had paid income tax on, that's a lot of loss. It really is. And a lot of these guys who basically do this, they don't care. If you make money or you lose money or you lose all of your principal, they don't care as long as they get paid their commissions. I learned that one the hard way over the last 40, 50 years, and the sad part about it is is that a lot of people never learn it. They really think that these guys have a fiduciary responsibility to maintain principal, and they don't. They want to make sure they get paid their commissions when you sell. They want to get paid their commissions when you buy They don't care if you buy high and sell low. They get paid both directions. And so be very, very, very careful. You know, there's a good book you can all read. It's a great book. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And I'm not going to go into detail on what it says, but I can give you a little principle of what it means. It basically says take 10% of your investments that you have come in or 10% of your net worth, or let's say you have that $400 that you've cleared after you've made a thousand, which is ludicrous that we have to pay that much in taxes. Now we're like living in surf the world, but let's say we have that 40, $400, take $40, take $40 of that and invest it in precious metals. Yeah. You, you heard me say that, right? Just invest it. And regardless of what you put into the markets, regardless of what you put into these things, consider the metal, the hard currency, the actual something that has worth other than just digital. Consider that 10% every single time. In other words, now you have to budget yourself to (laughs) 30% of your income because you only got to keep 40% of it anyhow. And so now you keep that 10% and just keep doing it. Every time you get a paycheck, just throw it in a cookie jar until you have enough money to buy some silver coins or some whatever and just keep doing that your entire life. And you'll be shocked at what happens to you within 10 to 15 to 20 years. Cause your friends, the vast majority of them aren't going to do that. They're not going to buy precious metal. They're not going to invest in real assets. And then if the, how should I say, the proverbial poop hits the fan and the stock market goes from 30,000 back down to five, which it could do. I mean, if we've seen crazier things in our life, all of a sudden you're still sitting there on your assets that you had and you go, wow. I'm still okay. I'm still okay. The next thing you need to do, and this is really important, this is like something that's way out there for most people. You need to take a real look at your house. And you need to take a real look at how to pay the house off. You think, well, there's no way you're ever paying the house off, not nowadays. No. You can do it. It just is you have to be focused. Maybe you can't go out and eat dinner as much. Okay. I Maybe mean, you can't spend forty, fifty, sixty, hundred, whatever money you spend on a meal. And just apply that money towards your mortgage extra month, every month. In other words, if you have a 15 – now, and I always recommend – I don't try to go with 30-year mortgages or 40-year mortgages. I try to do 15-year mortgages. They're not that much more money. You pay a lot less interest. And just start pumping a little bit more money towards the principal every month. You know, Just have, send them a check, principal only, principal only. And make sure you check with your mortgage company to make sure they're going to even allow you to do that. Sometimes they want you to pay X amount. I remember there was a company we used back – the 90s, and they would actually re-amortize the note if you would put down like 20% of the balance that was left. So if you owed 100000 on a house and you gave them 20000 they would re-amortize the note and reduce the payments every month. That's a pretty cool way of doing it. Then you save up, save up, save up, and you, all of a sudden your house payment goes down on top of everything else. That was kind of cool. And so if you do all of that stuff, you save that 10%, you try to pay off your house, and you know what? Just because you're driving a truck that's five years old, that's running perfectly, doesn't mean you need to buy a new truck. <laughs> you say, "Well, what do you mean by that, Ted?" What, you, just, you don't need to buy a new truck. If you got a, if you got a car that's running perfectly, you, you don't really need to buy a new car. You know, many of the cars nowadays, especially the Hondas and the Toyotas, they'll run to be they'll run two, three, four hundred thousand miles if you maintain them, and they stay in pretty good shape, and it, it, it doesn't cost much. I mean, you really want. To be saddled with a $1,000 a month truck payment or car payment, I mean, is that something that you really want to get involved in? And the other thing I'd be really careful with, too, is are leases on automobiles. You know, if you ever get into a lease situation where you have to pay a lease every month but you have no equity being built up, if you have a car that has massive depreciation, that's not a bad idea sometimes. It may work out for you. We're not suggesting that you do it. But if you've got a vehicle like a pickup truck diesel that really maintains its value or a Honda or a Toyota, you get a Honda that basically, let's say, costs $40,000 and that Honda lease is going to be seven dollars $800 a month and all of a sudden you go over $600 a month for three years. Well, you know, you're know you going to have $20,000, $25,000 in that lease after three or four years and you go, okay, well, the car is still going to be worth a whole lot more than what you've paid on it. In other words, if you've now paid – $30,000 on a $40,000 Honda, you only have about $10,000 left. You'd had that thing paid for, and that car is still worth, let's say, thirty two, thirty three thousand dollars $33,000. Well, you just gave them another $20,000 in equity. Now, if they give you the lease for the purchase price of whatever the buyout's going to be from what you've paid it down to, that's okay, too, but most companies don't do that anymore. So be really, really careful with your finances. Think about what you're doing, and we tell you guys all the time. Make sure you store up some ammo, store up some food, store up some water, store up some supplements (laughs) because, guys, the way they're doing this with all these machinations at the international levels, not with these international banking cartels, these cabals that are running the world, these guys are doing everything they can to create as much maximum chaos as they possibly can. Don't get caught up into that trading world, that day trading world that these guys want you to be involved in. Because they want you to be in cryptocurrencies. They want you to be doing all of this stuff. And remember, if let's say, let's say you build up your, your nest egg and you do that, you need to pull some cash out. (laughs) I'm just letting you know, if you, if you've made a hundred thousand dollars in these markets and that's your, and that's on top of the principle that you put in, maybe it's time to take a little bit of profit out. I'm not telling you what to do, but maybe you need to pull some of that money back out and go ahead and pay taxes on it, set it aside and invest it in some hard assets. I don't know. Your choice. But be very careful with your investments. I've learned a long time ago, it's better to err on the side of caution than it is to be, how should I say, flippant with your money and with your investments and get yourself into a real mess, especially with margin calls where you can end up losing everything you have in it plus owe them a bunch of money. Be very, very careful right now because things have gotten extremely volatile. Also, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? That's really good advice. I mean, there's no question about that. And, you know, I was... Talking to
0: Ruben, you know, our off, one of our office reps in here yesterday, and we were discussing the aspects of you know inflation and a lot of the stuff that we're starting to see, and um, you know he saw what happened in Venezuela firsthand, and he's told me the same thing. He goes, "This is exactly how everything started down there." And I said, yeah, I said, but the one thing about it, I said, the United States, because we're the reserve currency of the world, it's not going to happen as fast. It's going to be much more difficult to have real, true hyperinflation. But what that does mean is once it does start to hit the head, once it really starts to go out of the park, it's going to be bad. Because the vast majority, the problem is, this is a fact, the vast majority of the American populace, has no idea how to handle themselves in any type of significant crisis. You know, we've seen that in a lot of states where they weren't expecting something and all of a sudden they got hit with a small natural disaster and it's unbelievably chaotic. You know, down here in Florida, we're pretty used to having Horrible stuff happen all the time with hurricanes and huge storms and lightning and tornadoes, and you just get to the point where you 're like, "Okay, these are the required things I have to have stored up and prepped and stocked up. You need to make sure you have a generator, you need to make sure you have food, you need to make sure you have water, water filtration, make sure you have your ammo back up and have you know an adequate defensive weapon in the event that you need it and so when you start getting used to that. It's not that difficult to understand it. But the problem is the vast majority of Americans are woefully inadequate prepared for this. And this has been exactly what they tried to do on purpose. This was not by accident. This whole thing last year from what they did by using this COVID, this mutated virus that they brewed up in a lab with Fauci giving them money for the gain of function and used it on the populace and then told everybody, you can't work. You do not have the right to work. You do not have the right to keep your business open. Uh -uh. Costco and Sam's and everybody else is basically, they're fine. Don't worry about them. They're full capacity. They can do whatever they want, but you, you can't work. This was all about getting people dependent on the government. And now you see what's happened all across the country. Over 8 million available jobs currently right now. Because people don't want to work, you get five, six, seven hundred dollars a week with all these benefits. Wait, what are you going to go? What are you going to go back to work? Are you going to go work at McDonald's for you know $10, 12 bucks an hour and flip burgers? A lot of people are like, no. Now a lot of the higher end jobs, they're still they're still taken. They're not. Those aren't in very much excess still because a lot of the people that are really skilled, especially with tech jobs and stuff like that, they're staying slammed right now. I talked to a buddy of mine the other day. And he was basically trying to get his electrician back out to finish his house because he's building a house right now as well, which is <laughs> rough time to build a house. But he said, man, his guy, you know, his electrician has been his friend, so he's hooking him up with really good price. He said, but, man, trying to get him out. He's supposed to be out here next week. Then he gets wrapped up on another job, and he's backed up again. And I said, oh, I know. I said, I've, I've been there, done that. I said, the problem is, I learned a long time ago, when you're doing a lot of subcontractors, a lot of times you can get a really good price, but it's not going to be very fast. Or you can get it done really fast, but it's probably not going to be a very good price. I said it rarely hits right in the middle perfectly right there when you're dealing with subs. It's just part of it. And so this is something that, again – People need to understand. Also, too, in other news, I found this interesting. I saw this article this morning here. India now, remember how the last couple weeks they've been saying India has been having this crazy, scary, mutant variant. It's been knocking out all these people in India. And Granted, I don't live in India, so I can't verify this. This is just what the mainstream media said, so I take it with a grain of sand. But now they are saying here that the Ministry of Health and Family Welfare, basically are coming out now and the India health ministry updated its guidelines. And they said, basically the agency is now saying that people should consider taking ivermectin and also hydroxychloroquine per protocol as prescribed by their treating medical officer. Ironically enough, now the alleged COVID cases have started to plummet in India already. Isn't that funny? How the same thing happened over here, but the media and the WHO and the CDC came out and said, no, you can't do that. You can't use those compounds. You can't use any of those. So they could make sure that there were no available treatments so they could get this COVID injection pushed out in the market. Not surprising. Easy to figure out why they're doing it, what they're doing with it. The same reason why FDA has now been trying to hammer N-acetylcysteine, because of the same research that Dad talked about in detail last Friday on the Hagman Show, and we discussed, they do not want people maintaining their immune systems. This is why you will not hear them talk about vitamin C, vitamin D, and zinc for maintaining a healthy immune system. They won't talk about it. They do not want immune systems built up. They don't want people being strong. This is why they've gone basically to the, uh, the Atlas gym up there with Ian and those guys, and they've been hammering them for the last year. They have hundreds of thousands of dollars in fines now that they've now pierced the LLC, and they're saying that the owners of the gym are now responsible for the fines of the business. And they come out and said, "Where, where is your evidence? Where's your evidence that anybody has contracted one single case of COVID for our gym? There's zero. They have everything documented, piles of documentation, reports, everything. Nope, doesn't matter. You defied the order up here to lock down. They said, we're going to continue to fight. And i got to give those guys credit up there. They have absolutely stood their ground. And, I mean, they have been blasted. I mean, day and night in the media, the judge up there has been horrific. The governor up New Jersey is horrific. They have done everything they can to try to shove those guys down in a hole and prevent them from getting their information out there. But, again, they've continued to stand up and fight. And they've continued to say, it doesn't matter. We're going to keep fighting. We are not going to shut down our gym. where They were the same ones that had their doors padlocked. They ripped the doors off. They spent the night in the gym for almost a month straight, every single day. Made sure people could get in there and work out. Because, and he said this repeatedly, this was never about a virus. It was all about control and con- intimidation and forcing the populace to consent to something that we should never have consented to. So again, I encourage everybody, We're fighting down here. Now we're going after the school boards with the mask mandates. We're continuing to push that agenda on the schedule right now because that, quite frankly, is the most important one. The fact that they're still trying to shove masks on these kids down here in Florida is asinine to me. I just actually had a text message right before the show from a buddy of mine who basically is a uh, a big manager over at Lowe's. And now if you guys know, Lowe's has been trying to force people, their employees – to wear a mask. Now, in customers, I've never had to wear a mask. never been harassed at all about lows about wearing a mask, but their employees have. Well, he just told me earlier now today, they're now telling them that if they get their shot, they don't have to wear a mask. Now, all the guys he works with in there, none of them are getting the shot. And what did he say? He goes, we're not wearing a mask anymore. And when the GMs and stuff have asked him, they said, well, have you gotten your shot? I, said, I do not wish to share any of my medical information. That is my private information, but There's a reason why I'm no longer wearing a mask. Okay, fair enough. That's it. Guys, you don't have to give them information. You don't have to answer questions about your medical history. Take your mask off. If they ask you about a shot, if they ask you about experimental injection, say, I do not wish to discuss my medical history currently right now. That is violation of HIPAA, and that is private information, but I am no longer wearing a mask. For a specific reason and leave it at that at any point in time. If these businesses try to enforce a COVID passport on their employees or their customers, at least down here in Florida, they can be sued and fined by the state of Florida. DeSantis has been very clear in his executive order on that. It's $5,000 for each infraction. He has made it crystal clear. This will not Be allowed. So you don't have to lie. You don't do it. Say, I don't wish to discuss my medical history, and there's a reason why I'm not wearing the mask now, and leave it at that. But again, my friends, this is something you have to keep fighting for, keep pushing, and keep standing up for what you
1: really believe in, Dad. What do you think? Well, Austin, it's nobody's business what your medical things are. (laughs) We have HIPAA laws for a reason. I mean, people can't say – they're going to start asking you about all of your different medical problems. What drugs are you taking? Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have depression? Are you taking antipsychotic drugs? I mean, there's a reason we have HIPAA laws. There's a reason that you don't have to discuss that stuff with people. It's none of their business. And so, uh, you know, not answering the question and, and basically walking around and breathing free air seems like a pretty good idea to me. But again, you need to check with your local laws in your local states. And you got to remember, if you live in a communist, you know, HE double six hole like California, New York, you, know, you start saying certain things, they may require that you produce a vaccine passport or a vaccine certification, certification, you know, a little card that you've been certain you've been vaccinated. So. It's kind of weird that you have these different laws in these different states which intrude so much into your personal life, but just be real careful when you make decisions or say certain things in certain states because it can get you in all kinds of trouble and get you fired. So be really, really careful. best thing to do is just... Uh be real discreet with everything that you do. Just don't say much about stuff, unless you want to talk about the Ted and Austin Brewer Show and <laughs> promote this show. Say, listen to these guys. Yeah, They're way out there. Well, You can do that, too. We appreciate it for that. But giving out personal information to total strangers, like a person who's a coworker, you probably don't need to do that. Giving out personal information to people that don't need to know that information, you probably don't need to do that. Just be really, really careful right now. I mean, we're living in some really, really strange times. This morning, Sharon and I... Prayed for you guys, and we also prayed for the people in Palestine right now. I mean, this ethnic cleansing massacre that's occurring by the doggone Israeli mechanized army and troops that are going in and the unbelievable shelling and the bombing and this, this basically the killing of these people. Uh, last night, the, Israel killed a bunch of children and, and doctors in a horrific nighttime massacre. And we posted this article on the Health Masters news site, Israel, in the early hours of Sunday night, obliterated multiple generations of families that had bombed their homes in Gaza. Around 1 a.m., Israeli warplanes launched a savage bombing campaign lasting at least an hour, firing 50 missiles into the area surrounding the Al-Widad Street in Gaza City. Without warning, the bombs hit residential buildings, bringing them down on top of those inside. The death toll from the attacks has risen to 42. Guys, those are just numbers that they're guessing with including 10 children and 16 women and 50 more were wounded. You say, well, that's not that many people who died. <laughs> but what if it was your children? What if it was your wife? What if it was your sister? What if it was your doctor? I mean, all of a sudden, then you have a situation where it seems like it's pretty bad. Two prominent doctors were among the dead. As a Sunday evening, rescues were still searching for survivors under the rubble. This is the raise-to-death toll in Gaza since Israel's bombing campaign began last Monday to at least 192. It's much higher than that. You can't take down entire buildings and destroy entire neighborhoods and kill a few hundred people. This includes 40, 58 children and 34 women. More than 1,200 people have been injured. In the attack early Sunday, multiple generations of the Al-Quaq family, at least 17 people, were killed. The youngest victim, Kwam said was six months old, and the oldest was 84 years old. And here's the problem with all of this stuff. If you think that you and I are going to get involved in what's going on in Gaza and in Palestine, and we're going to fix this generational 1,000-year-old fight, 2,000-year-old fight between Sarah and Hagar and Abraham and all the rest of this stuff that started a long, long time ago before you and I ever got here, uh, you're not. The reality is this, though. How many countries in the world – give israel hundreds of millions and billions of dollars on a regular basis in order to carry out these campaigns and here's the other question i have how many countries in the world tax their own people to give money to the united states how much money does germany give the united states in foreign aid every year how much money does israel give the united states in foreign aid every year how much money does china give the United States in foreign aid or Russia in foreign aid? How many countries in Europe tax their people to send the money to the United States for foreign aid for the United States? And if they don't do that, which I don't know any of them to do, why is it that we tax the people in the United States to send our money that we are basically being taxed for to embroil ourselves in foreign wars and support foreign military engagements against countries that have never done anything to us. The Palestinians haven't done anything to the United States. So why are we supporting Israel with billions of dollars in aid through our tax dollars? It's always ironic to me. I guess the Rothschild banking empire who basically uses Israel as a fiefdom, I guess they've decided they don't want to increase the amount of money that they print in Israeli currency because they don't want to have inflation in their country and devalue their dollar by printing billions or trillions of extra dollars in order to maintain their military. They would rather, I guess, present this to our members of Congress and the Senate to give them huge amounts of money so we can debase our own currency in their pursuit of genocide against Palestine. Now, that's a pretty strong statement I just made, guys. But it's all weird to me. If I'm not right on that, okay, I may not be right on that. I'm speculating, but the reality is this: Why do we allow this? Well, that's because of the machinations behind the scene in Washington D.C., which in many cases are completely and totally corrupt. You got to follow the money, and you got to see what they're doing, guys. People say, "Well, it's just politics. You got to compromise here, and you got to compromise here." Well, yeah, you got to compromise sometimes in politics. I got, I got that. You have to. You have to compromise. But does that mean you have to compromise your values, that you have to compromise the fact that the Bible says thou shalt not kill, but you're willing to go kill people for that? I don't think so. I think we have to base it on the Word of God. And if it goes against the Word of God, I think we have to say no to this and say, no, we're not just going to start taking people's lives because it seems prudent to do that from a political standpoint. To me, that's just silliness, and it's just absolutely a travesty, and it's sinful. By the way, California – There are 41 district attorneys now who are opposing the early release of 63,000 prison inmates that they say will endanger the public. They're about to release 63,000 hardcore criminals into the, basically, (laughs) population there in California, making that failed state even more of a nightmare to live in. By the way, Virginia in Virginia, parents are fighting back against the school teaching critical race theory. you got to give these guys credit. We're seeing this all over the place because the one thing about it is, and I mentioned this a few weeks ago, when you start messing with a mama bear – who's got cubs, you start messing with the wrong people because they'll fight for those cubs. And they don't want to have that critical race theory taught to these children anymore. Now, another question is, could Dr. Shiva's case against Twitter, censorship, and big tech's immunity from lawsuits? Don't know. He's the inventor of an email, and he featured speaker in our uh, of the upcoming Red Pill Expo event with uh, with Griffin. And he ran for the U.S. Senate in Massachusetts, and now he's basically accusing Twitter of voter fraud and taking him to court. Will he be able to get justice from these guys? I don't know. Good news is North Dakota has ended home equity theft by terminating government profits from property tax delinquent sales. So you forgot or couldn't pay your property taxes. They seize your house. They're saying that you can't do that. Most states sell tax delinquent property in auctions to the highest bidder and the proceeds to pay all taxes, penalties, interest, and costs. Any leftover money belongs to the former owner. A new law was passed to stop local governments in North Dakota from seizing and selling valuable properties when the owners fell behind on property tax payments and then keeping all of the profits as a windfall while the owners get nothing. This tax forfeiture abuse is known as home equity theft in Alabama, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, Minnesota, New York, Oregon, Wisconsin. Governments not only keep the value of the unpaid property taxes and interest from the, of the, home, the sale of the home, but they also keep any surplus value rather than returning it to the property owner. Wow. And so they're saying no to that now in North Dakota. Well, good, good for them. Guys, it was my privilege, again, to pray for you today. You guys are absolutely Awesome. I love you guys. Thanks for supporting Health Masters. Remember, keep your supplements stocked up. It's really important. And thank you for the support of Health Masters. I'll also, go ahead and finish it up and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.
0: Absolutely. I guess I re- continue to appreciate the support. have got a lot of people sending us, you know, encouraging emails. Just got a, you know, a letter in from another couple, Gannett Veen, basically out of Canada. And uh, thank you again for your support. Thank you just for all the positivity that we're getting right now. As a lot of people know, we've always had a lot of people come after us, a lot of people attack us, and a lot of times I just don't even address it. I don't even I just don't even respond to it because simply that's the best thing I learned a long time ago. Just ignore it, throw it in the shredder, go on with your day. Don't let it waste more than a second or two of your time simply because it's just not worth that. But again, the people that are supporting us, the people that are sending these emails, that are forwarding our articles – Thank you again for that. And thank you for supporting Health Masters. We're going to continue to fight this fight as long as we can. may not win them all, but we're going to continue to do the best we can to at least stand up for what we believe in. I told you guys that yesterday. Even if you don't win, Even if it all comes crashing down in some cases, in some fights, in some courts, continue to keep fighting. Because when you stop fighting, you automatically lose. And you tell them that you are no longer going to stand up for your rights and your convictions. And that's never something I want to have to admit. So thank you guys for the support of Health Masters. Be sure to check out the website if you need anything. The Magnesium Brain Food, one of the most popular products we have on super sale right now for 10% off. The N-acetylcysteine in stock still for as long as we can keep it in stock. We're still seeing what the FDA is trying to do. But no matter what, we're going to continue to supply you with the highest quality supplements we physically can. Also, be sure to check out the food buckets always on the website. We try to keep a big stash of those right now for everybody, our local friends, our family, us here as much as we can. So be sure to check them out. And the product of the week, the last day. The Muscle Blast BCAA Formula, great product. Be sure to check it out on the website on sale right now and vote for what you want to see win, product of the week. I appreciate you, my friends. Again, keep up the fight. No reason to get discouraged. Continue to push forward. Always forward. Always fight. Never quit on anything. So, again, thank you for the support, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Stay prepped as always. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.